Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here from Life Poured Out International. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. Ephesians 5.14 says, Awake, awake, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. That was written to believers, not unbelievers. The Lord wants our hearts to be awakened to the truth of who he is, who we are, the power that we have in Christ, the spiritual realm, so we could walk out the fullness of of our callings in our everyday life. And so I'm excited to be with you. I am blessed to have my guest on the show here today. And I really want to get into the subject matter. I want to honor my guests. I just want to say for those uh, new listeners here today, you could, um, you could subscribe to the show on the uh, Charisma Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, etc. That's how you could find us. And there's a new show every Monday and Thursday for you to tap into. I've got you know interviews as well as teaching shows every single week that are released. And I want to have my guest on. You know, I want to get right to it. Um, his name is Canon Dr. Andrew White, uh, Jerusalem Middle East Reconciliation International's ambassador. He's a respected academic an author, a medical professional, and an Anglican priest, and an internationally renowned global peacemaker. He's a founder of a primary, middle, and senior school for Iraqi refugee children and a community-based medical clinic in the center of Amman, as well as directing extensive relief programs and pastoral work. He continues to engage in the work of interfaith reconciliation and conflict resolution with political leaders all over the world, the Middle East, and around the globe. Um, he's got an incredible organization based in Jordan and Jerusalem and uh, Canon White and other members of the organization travel around the United Kingdom, United States, speaking, advising and lecturing, you know, uh, at these various educational, academic and political religious forums. And so he's got an incredible story. He really, he uh, wrote a book that'll be released in a couple months called Glory Zone in the War Zone. He's got amazing stories um, of the supernatural power of God breaking out in his midst in these countries where there is hardship, persecution, and and many things taking place. We're going to share more about that today, but thank you, Canon White, for uh, joining me on the podcast. Thank you, Michael. It's wonderful to be with you. I appreciate you taking the time, and I know that you know, reading your book, and I, I saw you on a lot of um, on a on a Darren Wilson film about your story. You know, being in a part of the world where there's so much persecution. I know you live a sold out life for Jesus and His gospel. And I usually, I always love to ask my guest first and foremost, how did you encounter this Jesus? How did you come to know this Jesus that you live your whole life for? Um, because my father and my mother, when I was about three years old, they told me that Jesus loves you. <laughs> yeah. And he talks to you all the time, so you can talk to him every day. And every day since, I've loved him and talked to him. Amazing. And my mother, interestingly, was the daughter of the person who was the main assistant to Smith Wigglesworth. Mm-hmm. So I actually have Smith Wigglesworth's personal Bible. Awesome. Is there a riddle? That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. Um, I think you wrote about it in your book. He's got tons of notes and everything scribbled in there, huh? Oh, absolutely. Full of notes and 
when in my earlier days, and when I didn't know what I was going to preach about, I sometimes used to just open his Bible and read his notes. <laughs> That's good. I was uh, heavily impacted by Smith Wigglesworth's ministry. I know um, incredible, tons of books incredible sermons, amazing life. And so that's that must be a tremendous honor to have the Bible that he carried with him. Absolutely. And it's quite funny. You say you were impacted by him, and I was impacted by his grandson because he was my dentist. <laughs> really? Yes. Interesting. He's one of my friends and a really good dentist, and it's so funny. Because Smith Wigglesworth was a plumber. That's right. My grandfather was a plumber turned evangelist. <laughs> and it's interesting that both of their grandchildren have ended up being high-flying doctors. Wow. Hasn't that got something to do with the Lord rewarding from one generation oh, to yeah. the next. Oh, absolutely. Powerful. That's so good. And so you've, um, right now you're in the UK and because of the uh, pandemic, and because of the pandemic that's taking place around the world right now, you're kind of stuck in the UK, but where do you spend most of your life? I spent most of my life in Jerusalem and Jordan and wherever in the world, which isn't England. Mm -hmm. I've spent a lot of time in California and at Bethel, Reading, yes. in Singapore, and wherever exciting things are happening for the gospel. Amen. The Lord has you bouncing around in all the amazing places where the Lord's moving. And so I know you pastored and you spent a lot of time, you know, you're talking about Jerusalem and Jordan and all these different places, but you worked and you pastored and you do, you know, do a lot of work in war zones and your book is called glory zone in the war zone. And you talk about the, these war zones and pastoring a people, you know, over there in, in these places that are very dangerous where persecution is, is um, you know, an everyday reality. Was being the priest in charge of Baghdad. Yeah. Not now. Baghdad in the midst of the war zone. Yeah. Even before ISIS turned up when there was a real, real war. Mm -hmm. And we used to see such incredible presence of God. Yeah. That's amazing. And you're talking about glory, the glory of God, the glory zone. Can you explain to us a little bit of what you mean by the glory zone in the war zone? Well, you know, it's very interesting that... The word glory, it means heaviness. Kavod or hod in Hebrew. Mm -hmm. And there we were in the midst of the war zone. And there was a very real presence of the heaviness of God amongst us. Yeah. I can remember being with my children in the courtyard. I say my children because they all saw me as their adopted children. Mm -hmm. 
And um, somebody was with us from um, Voice of the Martyrs one day. And they said to one of my children, they said, how is it that in the midst of this war zone, you are the happiest people I have ever seen? Mm. And she looked up at him and she said, when you have lost everything, Jesus is all you've got. Wow. So we have got Jesus for real. <laughs> Amazing. And we used to see angels physically all the time. Mm. Angelic beings, glorious visions of Jesus. Mm. And it was normal. You know, people used to say to me, well, have you ever seen an angel? Have I ever seen an angel? I saw angels every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Physically saw angels. Yeah. Got photos with angels. Mm -hmm. It was just the glorious presence of God. Yeah. And there were such miraculous things. You know, I had seven people raised from the dead whilst I was in Iraq. Mm. I haven't even seen these miraculous things in Jerusalem. Yeah, uh-huh. Was this happening during the war? People were, were murdered? or Can you tell us a story? Because you bring up the resurrections. I'm curious to hear. Well, um, I can... Remember one particular uh, time when a certain American soldier was blown up just by the green zone and literally blown to pieces. And because I have a medical background, I really was worried and wanted to try and do something. And I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So I prayed. I prayed, Lord, restore this man. And suddenly his body went back together, literally mm. in front of my eyes. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And you were seeing, you were saying, so that's, that's just one story of many that you've seen just miraculous events taking place. Yeah, because... we had a baby we pulled out of the, uh, who was in the fridge in the mortuary, and the ladies in the church pulled her out of the fridge and started praying for her. And she started crying and crying. Oh, I had goodness. a girl of cystic fibrosis who died when we got to the ward or when her father got there. And we just said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And she sat up and said, Daddy, I'm <laughs> hungry. Amazing. I want some food. Mm -hmm. I said to her father, don't worry, it's happened before. 
it's just it, it's a part of that reality of where much sin is grace abounds all the more where the deep darkness is light is also increasing all the more you need him and you know you need him and so there's just this tangibility that takes place that's that's incredible absolutely right in the darkest places you see the greatest light Mm. where there is nothing you see the glory you see light you see majesty Mm -hmm. and miracles and signs and wonders uh, what my glory book is all about. Yeah. And I don't know if you've read the book, but there are just countless stories of the miraculous. Yes, there are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've traveled all over the world preaching in communist countries and Buddhist countries, Islamic countries, you know, poor countries, impoverished co- you know, countries, and people that, you know, that need Jesus. They don't have, you know, plan B. They don't have you know, um, uh, a filled bank account to go to the doctors. They don't have the things that many of us rely on. And so many people in, you know, Western culture, we wonder why miracles are taking place more prominently because I've seen many miracles take place in America and in wealthy countries as well. But they're wondering why, you know, how come miracles are taking place more prominently, more evidently in other parts of the world? It's just because they don't have anything else but Jesus. Is that, is that what you would say as well? Absolutely, because when there is nothing else but Jesus, Jesus is seen in all his power. Mm. And one of the real problems is in so many parts of the world, everybody's got so much, and there are so many other possibilities. When there's no other possibility, it's only Jesus. Mm-hmm. When there's nobody to do the operation, when there's nobody to bring medical help, yeah. you rely totally mm-hmm. on the supernatural power and love of Jesus. <laughs> so and the wonderful thing about living the miraculous life in the midst of the war zone was not just the mir- miracles but the manifestation of love. Yeah. And the greatest way that I saw love manifested was through the young children. Mm -hmm. Our children would literally be the ones who in perfect love would cast out all fear. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. And you talk about, you know, um, forgiveness, the forgiveness that was released to terrorists that ravaged homes and families and how people you know, stepped out radically, you know, to forgive. I would love to hear a little bit about that as well, especially now that we're talking about the perfect love as one of the greatest miracles that manifested in the war zone among terrorists and like terrorists ravaging homes and families and communities, the forgiveness of Christ that's manifested. Absolutely, and people, I can remember people saying to me one day, you're always talking about perfect love, casting out all fear. What does that mean for you? 
Mm-hmm. Well, I said, I can only talk about the days of greatest fear that I've experienced. Yeah. And in all my time in that war zone, the worst fear I experienced was when I was kidnapped. And I was thrown, in, thrown into a dark dungeon. And the only thing I could see in there when I put my the light of my phone on was chopped off fingers and toes. Mm. And yet... I really entered into the presence of God. And one of my little Israeli friends had recorded some incredible Beethoven music on my telephone. And I played that music. And it was as if the light of the Lord came in. And miracles happened. Mm. And I didn't realize that my friend Mahishavda had given me a lot of money, put in a lot of cash in my money belt before I came back a few days before. And I still had this on. (laughs) And it was only the day after that I used all of this money to buy myself out. (laughs) <laughs> wow. So I was at free. Amazing. There's so many people that that don't want to obey the Lord because they're afraid that they are going to, you know, be forced to do something they don't want to do or they're afraid of maybe God sending them to a dangerous uh, you know, country to do something wild and outrageous, but there is peace and there is joy and there is righteousness in the Holy Spirit when we are obeying the Lord and walking with the Lord. And there's so many believers that are trapped in fear. And I know that you have experienced fear. You just said it yourself. But in those moments, there's nothing wrong with experiencing fear. We shouldn't feel guilt about that. But it's we, we, we can't stay there. We need to praise the Lord. We need to worship the Lord. We need, I know you talk a lot about worship in your book as well as a means of breakthrough. What would you say to someone who's just trapped in fear? I would say the first thing to do is to worship and to love. Mm. To love Jesus. And so often I'll say to people to say, love, love, love. I used to start every service in Baghdad with the Arabic word al-chub, al-chub, al-chub. Mm-hmm. And that just means we love, we love, we love. And love enables us to cast out fear. Yeah. And love changes everything. Wow. You talk about the beautiful power of unity as well in your book and how mindsets began to shift in the minds of believers um, in these persecuted countries. When persecution was at its height, people weren't denominations. It wasn't even a thing. You know, they didn't, that didn't bother them anymore because there was just oh, a unity. It all went for years. I'd been working with people trying to work for ecumenics trying to bring Catholic Protestant Pentecostals together. It had never really worked. 
Mm. But in the midst of persecution, my children came together at school, the school we run one day, and they said, Abuna, Abuna, Father, Father, we've decided we're not going to be Chaldean, Israel, Orthodox, or Catholic anymore. Yeah. We're just going to all be Masihi, all be Christians. Mm-hmm. In persecution, you find total unity. Wow. That's beautiful because now we're not we're not fighting over doctrinal stances. We're not, you know, concerned about these little differences, but we just need each other. We need each other. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. not that you play down the importance of doctrine. Of course. Mm-hmm. Doctrine is essential. Absolutely. We struggle with the mystery of the Holy Trinity. We don't understand it, mm-hmm. but we believe the mystery. Yeah. And I think so often in our faith, we need to know the mystery of the triune God, mm-hmm. the mystery of the coming of the Holy Spirit, the mystery of living a life of Pentecost. Yes. Because we live with the biggest mystery that the stone was rolled back (laughs) and our Lord Jesus got up. Amen. Powerful. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father and we are co-seated with him in the heavenly places. Blessed. Blessed with every spiritual blessing. Hallelujah. And that's not just a theological statement. Yes. It is the reality of our truth. That is the reality of our daily lives. That is the Lord being here with us. And that's why we could love outrageously, and that's why we could see the dead raised, and that's why we can see angels and the manifestation of the power of God, because this is reality. Our gospel is real. It's not just a story. It's not just a history. It's not just we have the tangible evidence in our lives, all around the world, amazing things taking place. Our God is not dead. He is surely alive. Praise God. So good. So good. We and have his we evidence. Live we live his life. Yeah. It's so real. It's such a key part of our existence. That mm. there is life and joy. Yeah. And resurrection all the time. Yeah. Can I ask something, Michael? Please. Can you ask me a really hard question? (laughs) You want a hard question? Yes. Having read my book, what would you really like to ask? Wow. I've never had a guest ask me a question like that. I appreciate this. Um, Yeah. I, what I would love to know is how someone, because what you see is so much passion in believers. Maybe it's a year, maybe it's five years, maybe it's 10 years, but then you see, um, you see over time passion, Peter, and you know, people cling to luxuries and try to do the things that are less hard. But I feel like your life, you, you're always yielding and surrendering and you're always going deeper and you're always contending for more. 
what key can you give to because a lot of people listening to this podcast right now are American Christians or they're in Canada. There's there's people from all over the world that are listening, but there's uh, nothing wrong with being an American Christian. Amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But I just feel like we we're, we're not experiencing that kind of persecution. And I feel like we're always trying to drum up churches all over. are always trying to drum up passion in people. What is a key? Because you have a sustained passion and you've gone through very hard things and you've experienced severe persecution, but you're always clinging to the Lord. What can you, what can you say to somebody who may be backslid or who's not passionate or not hungry for the things of God anymore that need a challenge or need to you know, I just, I see your life. There's this theme of continually obeying and your fire growing and your expectancy and always yielding to the Holy Spirit. I would just love to hear kind of a key that, that, that you feel like, or a few encouragements you can give the people that really need to step out of their comfort zone and to see that, that fire sustained in their lives. I think one of the great things I have had to learn being physically disabled as well mm. is that I cannot do anything without the love of Jesus. Mm. I rely totally on the love of Jesus. Every day my life is about love, love, love. And all the time I express love to people. You know, I can love the terrorists. And it's because I can love the terrorists that the terrorists can sit down with me and become my friend. Yeah. It's because I'm doing the simple work of Jesus. One of the greatest acts of Jesus is simply to love, love and love. Mm. And that is what drives me. That is the passion of my life, and that is what excites me. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And like, I just feel like there's so many people that if you say, love your enemy, in their natural reaction and their flesh would say, absolutely not, for X, Y, Z. They don't know who enemies are. Mm. But I tell you what, Your enemies are often in your family. Mm. I can love high-profile enemies who might be trying to kill me. Can your listeners love their difficult (laughs) mother-in-law? That's a good question. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Or father-in-law. Sure. Sometimes the closest people to you could be the people that frustrate you the most. Or if you're a father, the difficult thing is, can you love the man who took your daughter away from you? Sure. Wow. Absolutely. In every wedding I take, I always start by saying, I'm praying for the father of the bride. Yeah. Because he is going through one of the hardest days of his life. It's true. When this man is taking away his daughter, I just thank God so much that I've got sons and no daughters. (laughs) 
because it would have been so hard. Yeah. I know. I've got a four-year-old little girl, and she talks like she's 12, and so I'm not looking forward to that day. I've seen the beautiful pictures of her. Yeah. Amazing. And so, Cannon White, you are, um, you know, your story is inspiring, challenging, and this book, I, I, I really believe that everyone needs to grab a hold of it because it will... You know, when I got a hold of Heidi Baker's book, Impelled by Love, as a new believer, it radicalized my life. I I was able to say, wow, this isn't just Smith Wigglesworth. This isn't just John G. Lake. Uh, people who once lived for the Lord but are now in glory. This is a person who is alive seeing the miraculous and walking out this radical life of love. And reading your book is the same thing. You know, the, the stories of people who are alive experiencing the presence of God, the power of God, miracles— we we need books like this to stir us, to inspire us, but to challenge us out of our comfort zones and to get us into the perfect will and to really push us into the, you know in the in the direction of living fully for the kingdom. I would just I would just love for you to I, I have a feeling that people's hearts are stirred right now and there's a hunger inside of them and I would just love for you for us to end this 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 podcast with a prayer. However you however you feel led to just pray for the people who are listening to this podcast right now? Well, I will pray, but I need to warn you that I always pray in Aramaic. Okay. The language of Jesus. I'll pray first in English, and I will close by blessing in Aramaic. Beautiful. Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Rach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, we come to you now in the glory of your presence. We have talked about the glory in the war zone, and we speak now to everybody who is in their own personal war zone, who's going through their own difficulties, their own tragedy, their own darkness, for everybody who feels God has gone off and left them. I say, come back, Lord, come back. Come back and bring your majesty. And Jesus says to you now, I am back, and I love you. And he takes your hand, and he pulls you towards him. And he says, I am here. I will not leave you. I will always love you. And the blessing of God in Aramaic, the language of Jesus, Shemid Baba, Rona, Rocha, Kusha, Ha'alaha, Alhoma'ana. Amen. 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 Thank you. Canon Andrew White, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. What a blessing 
to talk to you. And um, it was an honor to talk about this book. I pray that everybody who is listening to this will grab a hold of it for the sheer purpose that they get to be encouraged and stirred by the amazing truths and testimonies that are in that book. Thank you for just I your obedience. Give it, but you have one already. <laughs> I don't have what? a copy. I don't have a copy. I've got the uh, because I was you know nice you know because of um, Destiny Image got me a ed- an unedited version so to speak. So people, I'm sure they could pre-order probably on Amazon. I love Destiny Image. They're such an incredible spirit filled publisher. They are absolutely. I was honored to have my book through Destiny Image as well, and. They're incredible. Their whole team is incredible over there. And um, people can pre-order your book, I'm sure, on Amazon because it's only a couple months. When does your book come out? October, I believe. Yes. Okay, great. How do people, I know you have a website as well. How do people find out more about what you're doing over there in the Middle East and around the world? Well, I think the easiest thing is to just go into Canon Andrew White on Google mm-hmm. or Canon Andrew White on Facebook. Okay. And great. And, and can... if you want to send me a friend request, I'll tell you I've got no space, but uh, you can go to my public figure page. Oh, great. Yeah, and they could follow you there. Perfect. The right. organization is called Jerusalem Merit. Merit stands for Middle East Relief International, mm-hmm. Middle East Reconciliation International. Mm-hmm. But look me up on internet or go to Jerusalem Merit, M E R I T, and that will give you all the information. Great. I highly recommend it. We'll put the links here in the show line so people can um, easily access it. Um, Again, thank you so much. What a blessing to be with you today. Thank you. But it was truly wonderful being with you. And for those who are listening, thank you so much for tuning in to Awaken Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be challenged, inspired, and blessed by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I look forward to speaking with you next time on Awaken Podcast.